Hello and welcome back to the Seven Skills for the Future podcast series. I'm Emma Sue Prince and I'm joined by my producer James. Hi Emma Sue, hello everyone. Welcome to the show. So today I'm going to continue with an introduction to what are the seven skills and to recap they are adaptability, critical thinking, empathy, integrity, optimism, being proactive and resilience. So I'm going to look at uh, the skill in more detail, what it is, why we need it and some easy ways that you can start developing it. Sounds good. So, Emma Sue, can you tell us which of the skills you will be speaking about today? So today I'm going to talk about optimism. So actually, I want to start off asking you, James, uh, whether you see yourself as an optimist or a pessimist. Interesting question. Uh, So I would say I'm more, I'm not a pessimist, for sure. I, I am fairly optimistic. But I think I'm more pragmatic, actually, than I am then I would choose either of those. So I'm fair. I think I'm 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 pragmatic with a with a touch of optimism. Uh huh. Great. Okay. So perhaps a realistic optimist, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So so when I ask people that question, they will usually try to classify themselves as an optimist or a pessimist, or you know, a touch of this or a touch of that, a bit like you've done now. And actually, it's much more about our behaviour. It's not a, a static skill. So Churchill, for example, he suffered from quite bad depression. And he managed it and he actually displayed quite a lot of optimistic behaviours. So this kind of throws into question whether you can actually easily categorise yourself, you know, am I an optimist or a pessimist or do I lean towards, you know, one of those more than the other? And actually, optimism and pessimism are simply explanatory styles. So it's how you choose to view different kinds of events, positive events or negative events, and how you respond. And The word choose is quite important here because it's very much a choice that you make. So optimism is a choice and a skill that you can develop. Okay. And sometimes also people talk about optimism as glass half full, half empty. Yeah, that's the classic, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, it is. It is. But again, it's actually quite really not like that. So research that focuses on positive psychology shows that we can develop the capacity to be optimistic and passionate about life. It's all about the actions that you take rather than how you might be feeling. So I really want to emphasize here that being optimistic is not about how you feel or whether you you know see yourself leaning towards one or the other it's all about what you do and how you live day to day and it's also not about positive thinking or putting on a happy face or you know saying affirmations in the mirror uh, these things can help but actually it's it's about nurturing and building real optimism and that's what's sustainable so emma sue can you explain to us why you think optimism is a must-have skill today Well, people who've got optimistic explanations of life, they generally feel happier and they're much more energised to cope with obstacles and they're more likely to see those as challenges rather than failure and they don't take things personally. So so when optimists have a, a setback, they're able to develop plans to 
remove the obstacles and to kind of take themselves forward in a pragmatic way, as you were talking about earlier, whereas a, a, a pessimist or somebody who looks chooses to look at things negatively, they're going to view any problem as personal failures, blame themselves, they're going to feel unhappy, and they're going to give up trying to change. So coming back to looking at whether we're a glass half full, half empty, we run workshops on these skills. And one of the workshops we run is with doctors, and they will describe themselves as overwhelmingly negative, because um, it's consistent with all the groups, you know, it's a glass half empty, you know, they, they, they look at life or death situations every day, that's what they're dealing with. So, you know, where do you find the positive in a, in a you know, really serious situations, serious illness, death experiences, and so on. So for them, what was important, what is important is to look for the positive experiences of each day, rather than the kind of always look on the bright side of life approach. So this can really have a lot of benefits in how you take things forward in your own life, whether you, you know, if you've experienced something that is traumatic or or makes you unhappy that you're not letting that impact into every other corner of your life so obviously how you feel does matter um so people tend to respond to the world based on how they're feeling that is just something natural that we do you know if you wake up in the morning and you kind of think do i feel good do i do i feel not good have i slept well you know and all these things will sort of impact how you're feeling but however you're feeling it's about awareness and about functioning well even when you might feel sad and generally that's just going to make you happier it's going to make you more pleasant to be around you're more likely to make good choices and just experience life more fully uh, and not kind of be you know reacting to things all the time so do you think though that there is such a thing as kind of possible uh, pessimism in a way that maybe I'm thinking of stoicism here, where you're kind of prepared for the world, and if that doesn't happen, then everything is a bonus. Do you think that's uh, that can be useful as well? Yes, definitely. I think there are advantages for looking at life realistically, but the danger of not setting expectations or, or setting them very low is that you maybe miss out on opportunities. However, one of the hallmarks of positive psychology and about realistic optimism is to be able to accurately assess a situation. So that's where that kind of thinking can help because accurately assessing a situation is simply about asking more questions, you know, questioning a assumptions that you might have made, questioning even your own feelings and where they might be coming from, and weighing up facts. So you're kind of accurately looking at a situation from different perspectives. And that's one of the hallmarks of um, positive psychology. Um, There are two more that, that are quite important as well. The second one is being able to see problems as temporary So being able to acknowledge your own role within a situation, your own feelings, your own actions, rather than blaming things, you know, looking to external factors or looking to other people. So that's quite stoical, I think, that kind of approach, you know, to kind of take responsibility. And the third one is to have faith in your own ability to implement solutions. So to be able to adjust and move forward constructively, there is always something that you can do. You may not be able to control an external situation, but you can be more in control of yourself. So I I think that also links to this kind of realistic, pragmatic approach. So I think there's definitely a place for that and it's part of how we can approach optimism in, in, in a really healthy way. And if you're interested in knowing more about this and healthy optimism, positive psychology, then you can go to the optimism page on the Unimenta website and you can find some really good exercises that can help you with those three different 
facets of positive psychology, those three things that I've talked about. So accurate assessing a situation, seeing a problem as temporary, and having faith in your own ability. So at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned uh, Churchill and how he was able to deal with his uh, depression. Uh, do you have any other suggestions for how we can develop some optimistic behaviours? Yes, there are lots and lots of things that, that you can do. The important thing here is to be doing these things every day and doing them consistently. So I'm going to talk about three easy things that any of us can do each day. The first one is to practice gratitude. Now, this is about writing down what you're grateful for every day. And numerous studies, there are tons of studies about the importance of being consciously grateful. And the practice of writing down, just even if it's just three things that you're grateful for, makes a difference. So the more that you can write down, the better. So it improves your health, it improves your sense of perspective, um, gets you out of a, a, a funk. You know, if you're in a kind of funk about how you're feeling, then writing down what you're grateful for will help. So it shifts your mindset, if you like. And it's a really practical thing that anyone can do. You just need a little notebook and just write them down. The second is to is a kind of extension of that, which is about recording positive experiences. So when we worked with the doctors, this is what we, we, we don't actually look so much at writing down what you're grateful for. We, we look at finding the positive experiences in a day. So it's the frequency of your positive experiences that are a better predictor of your happiness than the intensity of them. So these are about little things that you bring into your day. So simple experiences like getting yourself out outside, in, into the sunshine, into the daylight, um, walking, walking with a dog if you've got a dog, um, having a cup of tea, getting out into nature, doing something that you really enjoy. Small stuff actually really matters. So these are really easy things to do. Happiness is, is the sum of hundreds of small things. So this is about just committing to more positive behaviours like taking regular breaks, um, being kind to other people, and just Again, th this shifts the perspective. So they also did studies of people who are, are suffering from really traumatic experiences, like, you know, talking about war zones, like really extreme. And they got those people to just record positive experiences. And that positive experience might be, you know, the kind look or, or someone took their hand or gave them a cup of tea when they were feeling sad or, or, or you know, just something nurturing. So that even in the midst of the most extreme awfulness that you can possibly imagine, there are still positive experiences in a day. And the third one is quite an interesting one. This is about acting as if, and I, I, I do write a lot more about this in the book, but it's very powerful. It's, it's acting as if things are going well. It's doing things like adopting a power pose for confidence, um, standing straight, so how, just doing something physical, standing straight, shoulders back, chest forward, both feet grounded. If you are somebody who's a habitual procrastinator, which many of us are, you know, spending 10 minutes acting as if you couldn't be more interested in what you're trying to do and you couldn't be more you know happier about what you're trying to do and then start the task you'll find that within a very short space of time you'll actually have a stronger desire to complete it so this is all about taking action and not waiting until you feel better uh, so any action that you can take will help you and propel you forward. So these are three really simple, easy things that I think any of us can can bring into our day. We can try it straight away and they will actually uh, help increase our optimistic behaviours. Okay, that sounds like some uh, really good advice there. Is there just a room here perhaps for a word of warning? What the possible consequences can be for people who perhaps go too uh, too negative, too pessimistic in their outlook. Yes. I mean, I think the danger is that you end up 
going into a kind of spiral and you don't take any action. You're either caught up in how you're feeling or you're caught up in the external uh, aspects of, of a situation. And both of those things don't lead to anything positive. They just lead to inaction, to feeling more miserable, uh, and it kind of feeds itself. So I think it's actually quite dangerous to allow those kinds of feelings to, to overtake you. I think it really is about taking action. Of course, I think it's worth mentioning here that for some people, these kinds of actions might be really too difficult because they might be suffering from uh, quite extreme depression. But I think for many people, these things are definitely possible to do and will make a difference. So I think that just about wraps it up for today's episode, Emma Sue. Yes, we have. And if you want to know more about these skills, I have a book. It's Seven Skills for the Future, published by Pearson Business, available in all major bookstores and on Amazon. And there's loads of tips and ideas and exercises on all of these skills and how they will help you lead a happier life. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you to my producer, James Taylor, and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.